On this week's episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, we talk about the Red Hot Rays and if they can make it out of a super stacked American League East. We play a game of buying or selling. Are you buying the Brewers or the Cardinals in the NL Central? How about Logan O'Hoppy as Rookie of the Year or Adley Rushman as the best catcher in the MLB? And find out who we have as our top 10 teams in MLB just 10 games into the regular season. All of that and more coming up right now. Hello listeners, my name is Alex Jonitz and I am joined as always by my co-host Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd, he was a total stud on his D3 college team. This is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Enjoy. What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 94. Alex and I are coming to you live. It is Monday, April 10th. Alex, we are through week one of the Major League Baseball season, 2023 edition. Uh, Lots of good stuff to get into. Me and Alex will cover today. We're going to cover, first off, what we always do, the AL and the NL Players of the Week. Uh, Two guys in both leagues had spectacular spectacular opening weeks we'll dive into that we'll dive into the power rankings go over our top 10 i think so far we've seen two editions of the power rankings so far uh we'll dive into what we think are the top 10 best teams in major league baseball alex has some questions for me some buyers or some sellers that's all i know about it folks i don't know anything else he's gonna you better be ready he's gonna rattle off some surprise names and teams and i gotta just come up with my, my gut opinion but alex let's start off with the players of the week two guys spectacular spectacular weeks one guy plays for the pittsburgh pirates the other guy plays for the toronto blue jays let's dive into the toronto blue jay first alex that is matt chapman Matt Chapman probably had as good of a week as he ever will have in his career. Uh, I'm sure he could probably even top it with another week sometime later on. But Matt Chapman, a 464 batting average in his first nine or 10 games. It is 10 games. It did play 10 games. So a 464 average with a 1373 OPS, two home runs, 12 RBIs. Alex, we got to see it firsthand this past weekend. Angels against the Blue Jays what do you make of Matt Chapman's start to this year yeah I mean we saw it firsthand Travis uh against the Angels he absolutely mashed the ball it it feels like there's been adjustments right I'm not you don't want to overreact to a such a small sample size but it feels like the way he uh was hitting the ball last year and maybe year before it wasn't by any means uh poor but I think that people kind of were hoping for a bigger leap offensively and I think that um you know he might be hitting his sort of absolute kind of peak offensive powers we already know what kind of defender he is but in terms of peak offensive powers he might be having you know his his year quote-unquote and so uh, I'm not gonna go ahead and just kind of jump out and say that he's gonna be like you know the best third baseman in baseball this year or anything like that but he definitely um has a chance here to kind of be another one of these top tier guys travis i mean we already talked about there's like five or six top tier third basemen that we can go and say this guy is pretty much a franchise cornerstone what if chapman just joins that list i mean yep. the most stacked position in baseball for sure he is and it's funny already a weekend and here he has a one war <laughs> so you're That's looking crazy. at a guy that will probably be cracking you know six maybe even seven war at the end of the season um i definitely see the bat uh you know 
cooling down over the next couple weeks and if months. Uh, he's a guy that's typically not known for the high batting average. Looking at his career every single season, he kind of puts out a two. 30 to a 240 batting average um, doesn't really wow you with that in his game it's it's mainly because of the defense that he brings also in some seasons he has really good slug uh, has he's off to a tremendous slug so far this year at, at 800 but some of these numbers Alex we just know are are going to cool down a little bit but what a great start for him um, he's really putting himself on the map as to being you know we discuss always those that big five at the third base spot. And, you know, Matt Chapman's name kind of gets left out. But having a start like this could bring his name back into the discussion, Alex. Um, it, it's at least nice to see because he provides so much on the defensive side. Putting this much uh, value on the offensive side only enhances his total value in, in all. But um, good week so far, Matt Chapman. He's really helping out that Toronto Blue Jays offense. They have been uh, they, they, They've been a special offense so far. Uh, in 2023 but next guy we'll talk about for the national league side that is brian reynolds of the pittsburgh pirates alex he posted a 480 batting average with a 1584 ops four home runs and 12 rbi so a better week than matt chapman um alex i mean one thing i'll say about this is the one big thing i'm thinking about is when is this guy going to be on the trade block when when are the pirates going to see the value in this guy and what they could get in return um what are your initial thoughts when you see a guy like brian reynolds having this success for a team like the pirates that really isn't going to finish most likely in in you know the, the top six or the top eight of the Na national league yeah it's 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 too bad for pirates fans i mean i think that I'm not sure exactly when the championship window is going to start according to their schedule, what they think is going to happen here um, in the coming years, but I definitely don't think it's this year or it's probably not next year. I know O'Neill Cruz, his teammate, um, probably some of the highest upside of any young player in baseball is going to be out for about four months is what I heard um, because of a broken, I think it was a fibula or tibia. Yeah, his, his ankle looked awful on that slide, yeah. And so... Um, as a result, I mean, it really doesn't seem like it's, you know, the Pirates year from the start here. Not saying they can have a good year, but it just feels like um, as amazing as Reynolds has been, I think you're right that, you know, he uh, has expressed interest in going to another, uh, you know, contending team. And I think the Pirates have been kind of vocal about not wanting to let him go. So it's really going to come down to extension talks. I know that their first extension offer was somewhat insultingly low you know it just seemed kind of like a head scratcher number um and i think play like this you know having more monster weeks like this will only just increase his value either on a potential extension or on the trade block of what the pirates can get in return so I i'm definitely looking forward to see how his play kind of continues because he had a good second half last year after a rough first half if he keeps that second half momentum last year into first half of this season you know, get yourself an all-star nod, um, get yourself some, you know, some other award consideration. And at that point, you're definitely uh, can consider yourself like a huge, um, I guess, trade target at the deadline. That, that'd that be mm -hmm. fun to see him go to a, another team that might be able to, um, you know, have him in a, in, a, in a deep playoff run. I think a lot of teams could, could be potential suitors. We've talked about the Dodgers in the past. Um, I feel like the Yankees have been mentioned in the past, um, but it really comes down to any team that wants, you know, a guy who can do it all in the outfield. Yeah. And, and I will say it, it is a little, 
it's funny that when I when I see this graphic or I see you know Brian Reynolds, your first National League Player of the Week, uh, it, it's sad that I automatically think, okay, let's talk about trades now. This guy provides so much value. The Pirates we know are not going to be that playoff team as of you know right now and what they've brought you know over the last couple of years and what they've what they've resulted in over the last couple of years. So it, it is sad that I, I automatically think of Brian Reynolds. Okay, where's he going to go? Like, what team needs this center fielder that brings this much value to the plate and also to the defense and center field? So uh, he's having himself an, an absolute great start. And honestly, he's probably betting on himself that he can get going like this possibly look at a trade route to another team, possibly get some playoff baseball under his belt. And then, of course, look at that, Alex. He might be looking at a huge, huge contract. A Brian Reynolds type of player, if he has a monstrous postseason, you're looking at, you know, you're probably looking at almost like a 20 to 30% jump in what your expected overall salary might be just by having a great postseason. He's that special of a player. Um, There's really not many weaknesses in his game. And uh, a, a good... Uh, and and productive postseason would just add so much more to what he could get in the long run in terms of uh, that end contract because he's a guy that's still looking for that big contract. But that kind of wraps up our AL and NL players of the week. It's good to be back in this type of area, Alex, going over players of the week. It feels like years since we've covered these guys. Uh, but let's let's pivot into another category, Alex. Where should we head on from now? Yeah, I trust. I say we just jump into some general uh, storylines for the uh, season so far. And the way I want to kind of format this is I might throw some storylines at you, but I also want to ask you just some questions about if you're buying or selling uh, certain teams or players this early in the year. Um, just what you think about some, you know, uh, I guess just certain things. So the first thing I'm going to ask you here. Are you a buyer or a seller on the idea that the Rays can win their division? I and, and you can talk us through your thought process. You don't have to just come up with an answer right away. You know, talk us through your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're obviously on to a spectacular start. Uh, one thing I will mention they they have been playing the Tigers, the Nationals, and the A's. So I don't want to I don't want to act like this is just a a insane you know. They are just on another level. They, they are playing great baseball, but they are playing, I would say, the, the last place teams of Major League Baseball. Um, but again, I don't want to take anything away from the 9-0. I, I do believe they could. And they, and they just won right now. Yeah, the and they just won again right now. And what was the team they just played right now? Um, Let me see. I have to pull it up on baseball reference. Because Passen just tweeted it out um, against the Red Sox. Oh, okay. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0, yeah. Yeah, they, they've, I, th- I think they've only allowed, Alex, like 18 runs in their like 9 or 10 games. I mean, I mean you're talking about not, not even allowing two runs a game. So the pitching is doing spectacular. I'm a buyer. I, I think Kevin Cash is a genius in how he manages. And I think that he could easily play this long game of 162, uh, 162 games in a season and come out on top. The Rays are a team where I think last year they finished with like 86 wins. Um, and Alex, it, it just, I, I think we watched them play a couple times. And, and I, you know, you, you probably couldn't even name four of their starters because it just felt like it was just a minor league roster, but they still managed to win ball games. Now that they have healthy players, Wander Franco has been on an absolute tear, Randy Rosarena, uh, and then also all their starters. It just feels like a team that could still win the American League East, even though I thought. 
um, their their time was slipping. I just felt like the Jays and the Yankees uh, are going to be on the uprise. Still could happen. We're only nine, ten games into the season, but I, I'm a buyer that they could win the American League East right now just by uh, the, the track record. And I think the front office and the coaching staff are the biggest factors into why I think they could still win the division. Yeah, I think that makes sense, and I'm I'm more or less in agreement. We both before the season picked the Blue Jays, I believe, and then also we obviously know the Yankees are a big threat. Then we both picked the Yankees for playoffs. I know that when I picked my AL uh, prediction, it was it didn't include the Rays, and and that yeah. it's looking like it was going to be a mistake. A lot of times, still left Travis. I mean, we how many years in a row I feel like there's a team that gets hot early and just like fades out but they don't seem like that kind of team just because they've you know been a playoff team year in and year out for the last few years and so I think this was a bad year to kind of bet on them to miss out because they're playing pretty well okay the next topic I want to bring up Travis um, are you a buyer or are you a seller on the idea that Logan Ohapi can win rookie of the year as Angel fans Travis we've watched pretty much all of his games so far um, and the only reason why this is really kind of an interesting question to me is because there's so much talent um, for ro- for the rookie pool across baseball, you know. I mean, the first guy that comes to mind is Volpe. I know that he's going to have, you know, some uh, consideration just being the fact that he's a Yankee. There'll probably be a playoff team. He's probably going to get lots of at-bats. Um, but it really feels like Ohapi has earned the Angels starting catcher, you know, catcher number one for his team job so far. I think he has three home runs. Um, yes. So... We kind of know what he was doing in the minors last year. Are you a buyer or seller that he could uh, run away with this American League Rookie of the Year award this season? I I will say I'm a buyer with the talent. Um, as far as like a runaway, I I might not buy that. Uh, also with the award, I I just think that the media are going to be in love with Anthony Volpe. I think that having that pinstripe uh, uniform on that already gives him an advantage rather than just a you know, uh, a starting catcher for the Angels. We 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 know that they're off to a great start. We just don't know how they're going to finish. Um, and I think that most people would say that, you know, the Yankees are going to be a playoff team. And if Volpe is the starting shortstop and they do have a very good season, I could see him kind of running away and being an easy uh, rookie of the year winner. Also, Gunnar Henderson, uh, Grayson Rodriguez just got called up. I, I'm a buyer in the talent, Alex. Uh, Yoshida, I, too. I mean, it really is a super yeah. deep pool. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yep. The Red Sox outfielder. It, it, it It's a tough one this year. He's got a lot of talent to battle with. Uh, he's been off to a spectacular start, Alex. I mean, seeing some of his home runs, they, they're just, they're, they're not, I mean, they're not two or three feet over the fence. They're, they're clearing the wall by 20, 30 feet. And so the power is already showing that Logan Ohapi can do uh, great things. And, 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 and right now, I mean, uh, I mean, other than Adley, I mean, I think Logan is the only one that comes to mind when you look at just the American league catchers, uh, he's having just a spectacular start, not, not only with the rookies, but with the already veteran American League catchers. So uh, I, 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 I'm i a buyer with the talent. I, I will say I'm not yet a buyer with that he can be just a steal for the rookie of the year because, Alex, as we know, some of those media members just, they they seem to just get to us. So They do. They know. <laughs> I, I think they would be a little bit, uh, they, they would be against uh, giving a guy like Ohapi if the Angels aren't going to be a successful team they might not be looking at that as, you know, a, a true runaway. And they might want to go with someone that wears uh, pinstripes like a Volpe, who's had so much hype already uh, before they've even gotten to the majors. Very good. Yeah. Um, 
I'm just gonna keep it rolling because I don't have much else to say. You covered, I think, all the bases. Uh, my next question for you: uh, Are you a buyer or are you a seller on the idea that the Cardinals can win their division still? Obviously, lots of season yep. to go, Travis. But they are three and six. Um, they uh, have played Toronto, which is obviously a tough opponent, and then also Atlanta and Milwaukee. So not a, not an easy schedule by any means. Yes. But I feel like their pitching has been pretty underwhelming. I'll just throw some quick stats. Um, Flaherty actually has a really good ERA at 1.8, but his FIP is over 6, not very promising there. And then you have over 9 ERAs for Miles Michaelis and Jake Woodford. Steven Matz is over a 6 ERA. So really you have Montgomery and Flaherty as the only only guys with decent ERAs, and those are guys who, in Flaherty's case, um, you might be scratching your head. I think there's a big dip in his velocity this season. Um, he Flaherty actually has 11.7 walks per nine so far, so not very promising, um, in my opinion, at least. Do you think that with this pitching staff, this team can still manage to turn things around and win their division? I know pitching is is just so key in you know a successful season and then a successful postseason. Um, they, they're tricky Alex, because I, I do think they can still turn things around and win this division. Um, I think they have the youth and the talent to do so, especially on the offensive side. We're not even seeing a large newt bar, a healthy large newt bar just yet. Um, we've already seen a guy named Alec Burleson who is already having a, a, just another great young start to his Cardinals career. He has at a 318 average and 966 OPS to start his. I think he's actually starting off his career. I don't think he's had any major league uh, games. Oh, yeah, he has, he has had 50, about 50 at bats prior to this, but uh, he's having his first start to a season. But I, I, I'm still a believer, I'm still a buyer that they can still win the division. Uh, we've seen too many teams basically fumble the bag the first month, first month, and month and a half. Uh, come back to win the division um, smoothly. So I still am a buyer that they can still do it. They have the talent. It's just the pitching will be a big question mark because uh, you're right. I, I mean, Jack Flaherty has a great ERA, but you're right. The FIP is just atrocious because I, I think we watched him or we heard him uh, pitch a couple of days ago, if not one week ago. And it was, it was like a no hitter, but it had like, he had like eight walks or something like that. He He was just like, didn't make any sense. Yeah, it, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. It, it, it you couldn't explain it. But uh, Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty are there two, you know, in terms of like ERA leaders. But then you have a guy like Miles Mikolos who has a nine six ERA, but a two eight seven FIP. So he's doing good, but the ERA doesn't show that he's doing good. Jake Woodford's doing awful on all aspects, and Stephen Matz has just been an ugly ugly addition since last year he really hasn't done anything with his contract with the cardinals so they have to get things uh they have to figure things out they probably have to go out there and make some trades if they really want to be serious and win this division again we pointed them out this offseason they just they didn't make the moves to solidify just easily walking away with that national league central now you leave a team like the brewers who have come out the gate hot the pitching's great the hitting's great so far um they're they're clicking on all aspects but i i will say in a long answer i'm still a buyer that they can still win the division right now okay i think that's that's well put um maybe I, your thoughts right I, I i am i am big on on the brewers i predicted the brewers going into the season um more on them later 
I do think the Cardinals are still good enough to turn mm-hmm. things around. Of course, they're three and six, and they've played good teams, so they could definitely just get hot at some point here. I I just think that the concerns that I had going into the season with the pitching staff have already kind of peaking its head, and if they don't make some sort of big moves for like, I feel like they need like two starting pitchers, yeah. like not even just one. They need to like yep. add like two arms to this team to kind of really make themselves uh, competitive with other you know juggernauts in the national league so that's my thought um travis i'll keep it rolling now um the next question for you is are you a buyer or seller on adley rushman currently wearing the crown of best catcher in baseball i'm not talking about just for the first 10 games i'm saying now and going forwards he is the best catcher a quick look at the stats on the season um, he's through nine games. They played today, so this does not include today's stats, even though he did homer today. So this is not including that. So mm-hmm. the numbers are going to go up. I mean, three home runs down the season. 389 average going into today, 476 on base, 556 slugging for over 1,000 OPS for a catcher is really good. Um, and then also worth noting, Travis, his first game, he went five for five with a home run and a walk, four RBIs. And then just the other day, he went, this was on, a, was this Sunday? I think this was on Sunday. He went four for four with the home run. It's like, this guy is putting together some really monstrous games so far. Um, has only two games this season without a hit. So he's just been very productive um, offensively as a switch hitting catcher who has had all this hype. To see him immediately click in this year too, I'm really expecting a big jump this year. But what do you think? Do you think he already, do you think it's fair to the other catchers in the big leagues to say Rushman is already number one? Absolutely. He's 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 definitely earning that spot, Alex. It almost is like a Joe Maurer type of catcher in Adley, but he has power. I mean, that first game was uh, was was a perfect example. I mean, what you say four for four walk home run. I think he actually had like two or he got a hit in his first at bat the next game. So it was like he started the year uh, five for five. And again, um, he's he's definitely putting himself on another level than any of the other catchers in Major League Baseball. So I think right now he is probably the best runaway to claim that American League all-star starting spot at the catching spot, Alex. Uh, Ohapi, of course, talking about him. He's he's definitely had himself a really nice start, but Adley, I think, has the numbers to back him up. I think he also has just the overall media hype that you're going to get a lot more attention. People are starting to really pay more attention to what he's able to do, doing at least on the baseball field. So I am definitely buying in right now. He is, uh, I, I think it's safe to say he is, surely becoming the best catcher in major league baseball right now and he's only 25 which i mean it's just going to prove that he could be five ten years best catcher in baseball um that's that's pretty remarkable from a guy like him so it's 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 special to see uh a, a person like this have so much success at such a young age yeah i also think he's the best uh catcher at the moment and going forwards i think that he's earned that crown uh, the, the start to his season has been really special, but even if he cools off here a bit, um, I know he's got a good glove and the offense is just going to continue getting better and better, I feel like. So um, some pitchers may start adjusting back towards him and maybe he'll have ups and downs here, but I really see him uh, developing in a big way. And, and I will say, I mean, Alex, he's already he's basically even when it comes to strikeouts and walks. I mean, if you look at his right. stro- uh, walk to strikeout ratio is basically one. So he's basically, uh, which is great to see from it, someone like exactly. Him, yeah. He's got the best, some of the best plate discipline. Him and Gunnar Henderson are the two best uh, hitters on the team when it comes to discipline. So they're not only you know hitting the long ball, they're also 
walking a ton. And that's big for a catcher. I mean, you don't see that too much with the catcher. So, so, uh, he's, he's definitely kind of putting himself in another class. Like I mentioned with the, with, with the catching position. Yeah. And then pretty much wraps up the sec, the segment, Travis, one other thing I'll kind of bring up as a fun side topic, um, before we get into those power rankings, I do think it's really, uh, a fun storyline. I'll put it that way. A fun storyline so far has been the way that the brewers have decided to before the season. I think everyone knew if they don't keep Dansby, are they going to go and get another shortstop or are they going to ride it out with Vaughn Grissom? And they weren't really sure if his glove was a shortstop caliber glove. His bat was very inconsistent last year, even though when it was good, he had some really, really big games. They actually opted to not sign a shortstop and not go with Vaughn Grissom. They decided to go keep it internal with Orlando Arcia. He is currently uh, hitting the ball like crazy. He's got a 134 OPS plus for a shortstop is very good. Obviously, a really decent chance that, you know, a number like that could slip a bit. But, um, Travis, he had a really impressive game over the weekend against the Padres where he, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was a home run, a double, and also a walk-off single. I mean, I think if you asked any uh, Braves fan, you know, your shortstop is going to have, you know, a career game in in, in, uh, the second weekend of the season, Who's that going to be? They would all say, oh, it's probably Von, Gr- it's probably Von Grissom. But no, it's Orlando Arcia. But it's just a kind of funny storyline to kind of keep track of here. You know, 40 PAs into the season, he's batting 316, 366 on base, 526 slugging, two home runs. Um, I think he's overall, uh, you know, been a really solid piece for them and a reason why they um, are currently kind of uh, keeping up in that division. They are definitely, and I'll point out another team that's that's you know leading their division, and that's the Milwaukee Brewers. Alex, you know, I, I look at their starting nine, or at least their their batting lineup, or the projected batting lineup, and so many. It's funny, you know, we didn't talk about how they made, you know, they, they didn't make the big splashes, they didn't make the big additions, but it's really funny. I mean, some some of their new guys are are having the biggest impact. William Contreras right now is has a 308 batting average as being their catcher. Uh, you know, Bryce Terang, I think he was one of their prospects coming up. Alex yes. he is batting 304 with an 886 OPS. Uh, Brian Anderson, we've heard his name so much with the Marlins and the Marlins system. He actually was an all-star, I think, back in 2019, or he had a very good season in 2019. He's batting 370 with a 1226 OPS. I'm sure he was one guy that was up there for NL Player of the Week. Um, and then Garrett Mitchell, another young guy for the Brewers, 286 average, but he's got a 1048 OPS. So it's really funny that some of these young guys are guys that were just not big, sexy additions are really making the big splashes for this Brewers team. And then we know, of course, they got they got some of the best pitching in Major League Baseball. Uh, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, uh, having spectacular, spectacular starts. Uh, Wade Miley as well. I mean, what if, what if I told you, Alex, that Corbin Burns is going to start the year in his first two starts, he's going to have an ERA over nine. Corbin Burns, you're probably thinking this team maybe has two wins, three wins. Yeah. It's, it's just a disaster class right now. The FIP is above seven for Corbin Burns. Just not the start he wanted to get on. Um, but this team is seven and two. I mean, it's pretty it, baseball just has a way of really just 
going random. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I'm really glad you brought up the Brewers, uh, Travis. I was going to uh, get into this during the power rankings, but this is a great time to jump into it right now. You highlighted all the pretty much, pretty much all the big names um, that are really standing, uh, jumping off the page so far this season. Um, I will say this: when I picked the Brewers to win the NL Central, I didn't think it'd be because Bryce Terang, Garrett Mitchell, and Joey Weimer are having, you know these three great rookie years all at once. Um, and I don't think those will all necessarily continue, right? I think some of these guys are going to end up being really legit and some will just be sort sort of, you know, above average or average rookies uh, for their first year, season. But um, I think if they continue to get this kind of production, I mean, you have Weimer, uh, I think that's how you say it, mm-hmm. I hope, Garrett Mitchell and Bryce Terang as the rookies. The new additions that you mentioned, William Contreras, and Brian Anderson, all these guys are hitting well above average. Um, and then you have Yelich and Winker, who um, are both not having amazing, amazing offensive years, at least with the power department, but they both have decent average with decent um, on base, especially both are over 380 on base, which I think is pretty solid. And then um, the only guy who is really disappointing right here in the, in the starting uh, starting nine is Rowdy Telez. And I know that will turn around. He's mm-hmm. not a 160 hitter. Um, he does have a, a double and a homer. I see those numbers going up. Obviously, just uh, he's only played seven games so far. They've kind of platooned him a little bit because they also have Luke Voigt um, and, you know, Brasso and these other guys. Um, but they have depth this year that I think is no, nothing nothing too mind-blowing. But, you know, Owen Miller off the bench as a platoon guy. Mike Brasso as a platoon guy. Luke Voigt. Uh, Victor Caratini. And then you've already mentioned how good their uh, pitching staff is. We know how good their rotation is. Peralta and Woodruff sub-1 ERAs. Wade Miley had a shutout in his only start thus far. Um, you know, Lauer's numbers are kind of ballooning right now, as, as are Corbin Burns. But I think both of these guys... Obviously Burns, but even Lauer to some extent, like the Brewers are going to find a way to make these guys do tweaks that will create the correct adjustments to get those numbers back down to earth a little bit. And then the bullpen is always going to be good. I mean, Travis, if you look at their bullpen, the top, the there's five names here in their, uh, in their bullpen who have allowed, you know, no runs. I mean, I'm looking at Bryce Wilson. He has, what is it? Two appearances, four innings pitched, no runs allowed. Um, I don't know how to say this guy's name, Travis. Striz- I saw that. I didn't want to give it a try. <laughs> I, I have to try, Travis. Like, str- I'm not gonna try. It is, that, that is, <laughs> I'm sorry, Peter. That name is crazy. But you have allowed no runs um, in five appearances, five innings pitched. I mean, these are really good, um, Travis. I mean, I'll just put it this way: when there's a guy who, you know, we follow the game pretty closely, and if we haven't really heard of these guys that. Uh, couple times if at all that's a pretty good sign of the brewers being able to develop these yep. guys right they're turning these guys from you know uh more unknown kind of question marks into serious you know uh high caliber high leverage relievers so there's just tons to like about the brewers overall but i think like you said it all starts with those young guys um the rookies um in bryce terang garrett mitchell and joey weimer of like having these all breakout uh seasons all at once that could be a formula for a really fun team all season if those guys stay healthy i mean i'd love to see just like a rookie fest in october you know just imagine that all these guys um it'd be so fun to watch you know some you know career moments in year one for for these these youngsters it definitely would uh they that that seems to be the brewers main strategy i think is they're not going to spend the big bucks on um big notable names you know they're going to go out and get players that they've been developing and just kind of ride with those guys 
uh, and see what they can make of them. And so far, it's worked. Uh, we can we'll see exactly how that will uh, pan out as the season continues. If some of the young guys start to you know lose their heat and kind of fade away, but um, but yeah, Alex, I will say, are 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 you a buyer or a seller uh, of the uh, of the Matt Chapman fan bus? Are you uh, are are you are you a buyer or seller for that? Um, I think that overall, um, I'm high on his abilities. I think he's a good hitter, uh, genuinely. I feel like his, uh, approach this last, uh, series against the angels was really, really good. He just was a threat every time he was at the plate. Um, I think he's, he's really elevating the ball well and, um, the exit velocity has always been good for him, but he's cut down on the swing and miss quite a bit. Um, I think that's the biggest thing for him is because, um, if he's striking out a ton, I think there becomes like this, you know, high whiff component to his game where if yep. he's avoiding that and he's able to make more consistent contact with the high exit velo and the good launch angle, I think it's over. I mean, he's he because we know he can hit the ball hard um, and he has got pretty good discipline as well at the plate. So I think there's lots to um, be optimistic about. And so I would say that I'm, I'm a buyer overall. I don't think he's going to, you know, be. Um, the best third baseman in baseball going in the next season. But I do think that he has a really good chance to be like a top five third baseman going in the next season. I think he can have a better year than like a Devers, say, or a better year than like an Arenado or a Bregman or, you know, uh, obviously like a Rendon mm-hmm. or, or a lot of these other guys who have been in that kind of, you know, four, three, four, five, six third baseman range. He could just kind of leapfrog some of those guys and be up there with the, you know, J Ram and, 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 you know, yep. maybe, maybe that could be the end of the list. J Ram and, and Matt Chapman, you know, who knows? So I, 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 I am somewhat high on him, but I, I still think there's, you know, it's also good to avoid overreaction from like a, a eight, eight, nine game sample size, yep. but um, he was punishing the angels, um, all their pitchers really. Yeah, so it, it so. seemed like every at bat, it was, it was danger was, 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 was brewing, <laughs> but, uh, uh, Alex, one last buyer or seller question. Uh, this guy's been off to a spectacular start. I mean, of course, his team is undefeated, but picture this end of the season right now. 162 games are finished. Can Wander Franco be the best shortstop in the game? That's a fun question. Um, he has 757 slug right now as a shortstop, switch hitting shortstop. So I do think that he has that kind of ceiling. I think I would personally be very surprised if that was the case at the end of this year going into next year. Um, he's he. There's other shortstops who I think are better when it comes to hitting the ball hard. Um, but Franco, definitely, he's like this all-around player, right? I think he lacks some of the extreme pop. But I think I saw something about his... Um, his average exit velo being, or I think it was his hard hit rate being higher than years past. So mm-hmm. I do think that overall, um, he does have that capability. Um, I wouldn't bet on it happening. Um, also, surprisingly low sprint speed for him. Maybe that could rise a bit, but I'm seeing a below average uh, speed from a, a guy who plays shortstop is kind of interesting. Um, and doesn't walk a crazy amount about average, but everything else is really above average. Um, his bail rate is obviously career levels. He's really good at making contact. It's almost like um, he, he reminds me of like a switch hitting uh, Brantley with more pop because mm-hmm. he really doesn't swing and miss a lot. He's mm-hmm. really good at making contact and not chasing bad pitches, But at, which is what Brantley, that's what I think of Brantley as. But then he actually has more pop and he's playing shortstop. So a really fun player, of course. 
Um, and outs above average does like him, even though it's only 10 games in. So I'll say that I am not buying the idea that he's going to do that. But I, I, I do think that he he can do it. So mm-hmm. I don't want to act like a complete hater here. Um, but he is mashing the ball. It looks like he has four home runs on the year. Um, and then, yeah, his team is absolutely rolling. And there's a really good chance that he gets some level of, of MVP buzz if he's the best position player, which right now he definitely is looking like it might go that way. But, you know. Brandon Laos had a great start to the year so far. Yes. I know Yandy Diaz is someone who I really like in terms of um, the way they their plate approach, and he has good exit velocity stuff, even though he has trouble getting the ball in the air. And then the pitching is, of course, amazing on that team. So a really fun team for sure this year. It's really interesting to look at. I, I love when I can I, – I, I see some of these rookies. You know, Wander's been playing for three years. He debuted in 2021. But uh, if you don't count today's game, yesterday he finished his 162nd game of his career so it's fun to see what it would what a one full season of wander franco it may not be the best numbers that you might like to see but you look at the low strikeouts that's one number that really catches my eye Uh, 75 strikeouts in only in 162 games so he is just a master at putting the ball in play and contact um this year so far you know the batting average being a 351 on base of 400 probably could increase the walks just a bit um, but I mean, when you're hitting four home runs and, and you're, you know, you're tied for the AL lead in home runs. I mean, I'm not going to be mad at you right then and there. If you want to swing the bat and the ball's going out of the ballpark, but, uh, he's just a fun guy that I've been hearing a lot about over the last week Been seeing a lot of highlights of Wander Franco. And I just wanted to point him out as well, because, uh, I think we mentioned it. I think when we were doing our, our top shortstops of like 2022, Alex, I think we both had Wander inside like our top 10, uh, possibly even like our top six or eight. Uh, we, we just thought he was a superstar in the making from that uh, 2021 and also the playoffs in 2021 when he played the Red Sox. I think he had like two home runs. He was just a he was a freak show out there. But um, that basically covers our buyers or sellers of week one guys that we might think uh, are, you know, are there, there's there's a little bit too much luck involved what they're able to be doing. They're doing right now or, uh, you know, teams maybe aren't getting enough credit or guys aren't getting enough credit uh just covering all that stuff right then and there but alex is it safe to say it's time to get into the power rankings for week one i think that's safe to say excellent excellent all right we've seen like i said we've seen two additions so far um they made one after the first weekend and i thought it was a little bit premature to make one because i'm not really going to judge i didn't really want to judge a team on three or four games uh they really had that stupid off day on that friday a lot of teams were off the the spring or opening day was on a thursday a lot of teams were off on the next day on that friday which again i did not know i did not think that made sense at all and then saturday sunday they played um i don't really want to judge a team on three or four games but alex let's dig a deep dive into it uh top 10 power rankings how should we do this should we start off again by just just starting number one yeah let's go one through five each i like of that us. way yeah. i like that way but who's going who's going first I, uh, I guess I'll do the honors. Uh, Please do. I'll start off with the top five. So number one, Alex, uh, best team right now out of week one. I do have the Tampa Bay Rays. I'll rattle them off and we can kind of explain where we got or where, how we're thinking the way we are. Number one is the Tampa Bay Rays. Number two, I have the Milwaukee Brewers. Number three, I have the Minnesota Twins. Four, the New York Yankees. And five, the San Diego Padres. Alex, who do you got for your top five? Surprising myself on my top five, Travis. Number one, <laughs> we are we agree. I think it's the Rays. Number two, I have here the Milwaukee Brewers. Number three, to my own shock, 
have the Los Angeles Angels. Okay. All right. Um, some people will say Homer pick. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. Number four, the New York Yankees. And number five, Minnesota Twins. So, okay. So four of the names are the same, I believe, correct? Yes. Yes. Very, very similar. We have the Twins. We have the Yankees. We have the Brewers. And we have the Rays in our top five. Um, I guess for, I, I'm pretty sure you'll probably agree with me for the top two, Alex, you know, whenever you're 9-0, 10-0, and, and your run differential is, you know, uh, north of, what, 55. I think they set a record for, like, the best 9-0 and start or, like, the best start when it comes to run differential since, like, 1880. I, I Jeff Passan had a tweet a couple of hours ago, I believe, or it was yesterday, about uh, just the history that's kind of been with the Rays so far with the start of the season, a 10-game winning streak. I mean, not many teams can do that to start the year off. So easily they have to be number one on everyone's power rankings. And then, of course, Milwaukee Brewers, uh, a 25 run differential, seven and two, uh, stellar, stellar start by some of these young guys. So I think that's another one, safe one to say, is a top two uh, power ranking pick. And then um, number three, that's where you went, Angels, but I'll skip them. I'll, I'll go to the Yankees. Uh, they're second behind the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, six and four to start the year is, I mean, that's a great start. 18 run differential. Uh, they're also missing some pieces on, 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 on health. You know, Rodon has not yet pitched this season. Um, and then so far right now, judge has been spectacular as usual, uh, going over again to the Minnesota twins on my uh, part, Alex, uh, you know, 12 run differential. I think that's right now. That is a, that is about a top four in the American league, uh, at plus 12. And then of course being six and four, it's also again, spectacular. Joey Gallo has just rewoken, uh, what he's been able to do. And then, of course, on the pitching side, we've seen great pitching from Pablo Lopez, uh, a couple of other, other guys. They took it to the Houston Astros this past weekend. I mean, we we saw the defending World Series champs basically, you know, lose a series at Minnesota. And, and, and the Twins really slugged their way in that series. But uh, anything to add on that top five or those teams that we covered? Yeah, so I'll go ahead and say uh, I like what you said about the Rays and the Brewers up being the top two. I am a bit, you know, I, I'm trying to pump the brakes on the Rays love just yep. because, the, like you mentioned at the very top of the episode, the teams they've played have not that uh, impressive. You know, I think Correct, they're, yeah. in terms of who they've beaten is not a, a special. You know, it's Oakland, it's um, it's Washington Nationals, and, and it's Detroit yeah. Tigers. But the thing that is impressive, Travis, is they've won every game by at least four runs. They won 4-0. 12 2 5 1 6 2 10 6 7 2 it's really crazy 9 5 11 0 11 0 and then just today 1 0 against boston so um to be 10 and 0 and to really have shown like almost no blemishes no blemishes yet that just deserves to be number one even though i do think that they've gotten a lot of help from the early easy schedule but i still think they'll continue to be really good the brewers travis i think are a bit different because they've actually had in my mind a tougher schedule um they're seven and two they've had to go against uh the mets which is definitely a challenging opponent the cardinals a division rival that's a big series and then it was the cubs who um they uh, beat two to one i believe in that series mm -hmm. so um I think they've had a pretty impressive stretch of baseball in terms of their opponents, as well as really good run differentials across the board. I mean, they had back-to-back -back games against the Mets, Travis. They won 10-0, the next game 9-0. I mean, against a team like the Mets who have playoff World Series aspirations, that's definitely a thumping that you did not really expect. I think going into the year, you didn't expect Brewers hitting 
to put up yeah. 19 to zero across two games against Mets pitching, which Mets, <laughs> you know, you think Very their true. pitching would have been, would have been really uh, um, putting up a bit better performance there. But um, overall, we pretty much agree. Um, should I save the angels talk or should I go ahead and get into that right now? Uh, yeah, go ahead and get into it right now. Yeah. N- number, number three, I think you had them, right? I did have them at number three. Um, so here's my main, my main reasoning as I pull up their numbers. Um, I think what I'm most impressed about when it comes to the angels um, they're five and four, so the record is not quite the same as these other um, teams that are at the top of this kind of ranking. But um, what I will say is this: they have four losses, and three of them are by one run, and they're all games. As we watched them all, they're all games where it really feel like the it was the Angels' game to lose, and they lost them. So it's not a great sign, obviously, if you're trying to make the playoffs and you're losing winnable games. But to me, it just says that. Um, the ball just didn't bounce their way, and I I could see a world, Travis. Where right now, uh, they could almost be like seven and two, Easily. At, at least six Easily. and three. Um, they had one really standout uh, bad loss against Seattle, where it was uh, a two eleven two I believe a two to eleven yeah game. Yeah. Um, so that stands out. But the other three games that they lost, they lost by one run, and then they have one one run win against Seattle and then every other game their other four wins are by four runs or more so it's a good overall run differential i think they have the fourth best run differential in baseball at the moment um if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. i'm not counting today's games and then um they've they've played good teams obviously the a's are not a great team they started out with but seattle is definitely uh, a team that everyone was penciling into the playoffs they won that series in seattle and then against toronto um, it was definitely a difficult series for Angels fans since they lost two games by one run. They had leads in both games that they lost. But overall, even though that they lost the series one to two, it was against a really tough opponent and they won the run differential of the series. And uh, the offense showed a lot of promise. I think once they kind of get their bullpen figured out a bit more, um, it'll only have room to grow. I think there's lots of pitching talent on the horizon. I think Ben Joyce will m- almost certainly make an appearance in the bullpen this year amongst other guys in the double A and triple A team. So I think there's just lots to like about the angels, even though it's a five and four team. Some people listening to this will say, Alex, that just cause you, that's your team. <laughs> yep. That's fine. If you think that, you know, maybe it is, maybe that is the reason why I have them this high, but I personally just do think that I, I watched their losses, Travis unfold and they all just felt like games where the angels were playing, playing, playing like, playing like the better team for almost all of it. And then a couple of small things didn't go their way at some point. So that, that, that's my take. Yeah. Subtracting yesterday's game, Alex, I would say they're, they probably would have one loss. If you look at their uh, innings, one through seven, uh, you know, scores of the game. I, I feel like they've been controlling every game that they've been in all three games of the Blue Jays series. It just felt like they were the better team. They might've just had an inning that things just kind of fell apart or, uh, just the bullpen was not able to get things done, but I will I will agree with you. It just felt like uh, so far the season has gone very very well. Even though some fans might not think so, that first game in Oakland, I think we lost what two to one. But yeah. I felt like you know we, we saw Mike Trout, we saw so many guys hit line drives right at outfielders, right to infielders. It was just a lot of unluckiness in, the happened, in that game. It happened on Friday as well, Travis. The yep. home opener, we were at that game. There was a you know man in scoring position to try to tie the game. Uh, which was Otani, and then we had back-to-back loud outs, a screamer straight to the left fielder of the Blue Jays. 
I think it was Merrifield, and then yeah. and then a deep fly to center by Lamb. So um, for for an out, and you push the runner to third, but there's already two outs now, and, and it didn't end up working out to get a run in. But and also Travis, yeah. also worth noting. The whole Anthony Rendon thing, he's missed al- <laughs> yeah. almost all the games. Um, and so that's, you know, there's probably a distraction component, which I'm not really concerned about. But I do think that um, if he's there for all of these games, it only helps our depth that much more. You know, I think mm-hmm. our bench having a guy like either Urshela or Drury or Renjifo on the bench to pinch it, no matter what the situation is, um, each and every game is definitely a big help that a luxury they did not have last year. And last year, Travis, we know that they were leading the American league West like a month into the season, right? Now, they're right now the number one in the AL West currently. Um, I do not have them picked to stay above the Astros, despite the Astros mm-hmm. Rocky start. Yep. That being said, I still do think that there's um, just too much to like to leave them off my list. And once I actually looked into the run differential and the strength of schedule, I had the angels top three. Yep. So I didn't expect that to happen, but that's where I landed them. Let's let's jump into the bottom half of this ten, Alex, because I know I will talk about the Padres. I'm sure you have them somewhere on your top ten, but uh, give me your six through ten now to round out the power ranking. Yeah, so this this is where for me, Travis, so many of these teams are so close, right? Mm-hmm. It's really kind of it feels like I'm kind of making nitpicks yeah. as I go here, but I'll just go ahead and try my best. So um, number six. I actually go with the Dodgers. Did okay. you have them in your top five? I did not have them on top five. Oh, okay. No. So the Dodgers are my six. Um, my seven is I get to the Padres, the division opponent. Um, number eight, I go to Atlanta Braves. Number nine, I have the Texas Rangers. And number 10, I have the Boston Red Sox. Wow. Wow. A very, I say a very different one, Alex, for the, uh, for the bottom five, but Number six, I go to the Angels. Uh, the run differential and the record, just you know, it, it, it's you can't ignore that and what they've been able to do and what you spoke about earlier. They could easily be seven and two right now. Uh, number seven on the list, Alex, I go to Atlanta, uh, being the Braves. Number eight, I go Toronto Blue Jays. Number nine, I go Dodgers. And number ten, Alex, I finish out with the Cleveland Guardians. Um, I guess. I will say one thing about this, Alex, is that I, if you would have asked me probably five days ago what my power rankings were, I probably would have Atlanta number one or number two. Um, And Padres would probably be somewhere in the bottom of that list. But you see what the Padres were able to do to Atlanta this past weekend. I mean, I think they took three of four. The the Braves fell apart and the Padres kind of just elevated their status. So that's one big reason. I think you had the Padres ahead of the Braves. Yeah, seven okay. seven Padres, eight Atlanta for okay. me. Okay, okay, and same thing with me as well. I had Padres above the Braves just because it just felt like uh, with that, j- just the way that the, the Padres played, um, they've really taken more control now that they've played about nine to ten games this season. But it, it it's it's funny to see that the Braves just kind of could not get things done, even though five days ago I, I would have definitely had them in my top two most likely because I think they were like six or five and one or something like that. They had a, a crazy good start. But um, that's what I'll say about that. Dodgers, um, they've been kind of just playing some. I mean, they are 500. So they've been playing 500 baseball. Uh, good start. And then they get, I don't know if they get swept. They, they, they definitely, they lose three straight against Arizona. That's a big concern. Um, they still have a great run differential, which is always funny. The Dodgers can always do. Uh, they can always have a really good run differential. They always just score an outburst of runs on that. But um, 
give me on give me your takes on uh, some of those sne- sneaker or sneaky teams. I Red Sox, I heard, and um, Rangers, and Rangers. G- give me kind of why why you have them in your top ten right now. Yeah, so both those teams are in the top ten for run differential. Um, both teams have five and four records. So some of these teams with six and four records, I'm leaving off. You know, that could be. Uh, one of the differences that our list might see. But um, so I'll go to the Rangers first. The Rangers at this point, Travis, um, they started out almost too hot, right? They started out against the Phillies. It's like 3 0. In right? the first game, they were 111 to 7. They put up big numbers against Nola. And then they won 16 to 3 against the Phillies. I think that was off Wheeler, I assume. Um, not good day for my fantasy team. I'll put it that way. But either way, um, they got a sweep on the Phillies, and then they lost the series to Baltimore. Who, um, Baltimore? It's kind of hard to determine what they're going to be this year, but they definitely have a lot of talent. So losing to them is not going to be a big knock. And then they and then they lost the series to the Cubs, um, but they put up an eight to two win on Sunday, I believe. So overall, they've had like high highs and low lows this season. But um, I guess most of their inclusion just comes from a really big run differential that came against a team that we think is supposed to be good in the Phillies. But they definitely have had a rocky start. So maybe if the Phillies never really have a kind of resurgence, then maybe it ends up that that opening series doesn't mean that much um, in in the grand scheme of things. But overall, I just think that there's um, enough upside on Texas to... A sneak into my top 10 it's not convincing by any means they actually only have two bats on the whole team currently above 100 ops plus for the starters um on baseball reference but the bench you have guys like garver who are mashing the ball travis have you heard of bubba thompson i haven't either but he has a thousand slugging wow. <laughs> currently in uh, seven at bats for them um and then the pitching overall i would say degrom got they got to him a little bit in his first start but his second start he kind of rounded the back into form he actually has a below two fip as does nathan eovaldi so there's stuff to like for sure um throughout the team so um am i a buyer on them for the season not so much but right now i think they they deserve to squeak into my top 10 especially because i think anywhere from like eight through like 13 14 15 you're pretty much just saying which 500 or better team um do i want to pick and it, it, gets, it gets kind of tough to players i'll go over to uh boston now and why i picked them i'm not too thrilled about the strength of schedule from them but the run differential is very good it's top 10 in baseball um they had a really big series against detroit and yes it is just detroit but they did put up a 14 to 5 monster victory. They actually lost the series to Pittsburgh, which is disappointing. But they also won a series against Baltimore. And Baltimore is a team, Travis, that um, you know, a lot of people might have above the Red Sox going into the season. But actually, um, they lost the game by one, won a game by one, and then they won a game by four. So I think this early in the season, Travis, run differential is the best way to divide things up because a win or a loss, one run versus a one run loss versus a 10 run loss is a really big difference when you only have, you know, a hundred innings to look at for yeah, these teams, you correct. know. So um that's how I kind of di- decided to organize things. I also think the Red Sox, um, even though I'm not biased on them to make the playoffs, they have a high ceiling just because Devers could just end up being MVP mode. And, uh, you know, a guy like Verdugo could be almost an all-star kind of guy. Um, their uh, rookie in Masataka Yoshida has not had a phenomenal start, but a, but a, an above-average OPS plus for him. Um, bad news for them, Travis. Adam Duvall. Have just you, unfortunate. Have yeah. you seen his... He had in 37 plate appearances, yep. eight games played. He was batting 455 
with an over 500 on base and over a yeah. thousand slugging, yeah. over a 300 OPS. Would he break his wrist? <laughs> what? That's, that's um, I, I I felt that was just such Red Sox news right there to have your guy that has a thousand slugging percentage uh, through eight games. It's not even like yeah. it was like two games. It's like it, yeah, he was absolutely crushing the ball. He had four home runs in eight games played, um, five doubles and a triple. Like this guy was putting up just uh you know steroid steroid uh, uh what do you call it steroid era numbers and unfortunately he's going to miss a lot of time here i'm not sure how much the broken wrist will set him back but not going to be a short-term thing it seems like um but yeah they still have these pitching question marks but the pitching more or less has been good enough to keep them uh going steady but we'll see how how things pan out for their season but they snuck in based on some big wins in detroit i think for me. They, they did and and going back to the duval uh news i mean i think he he signed a one-year seven million dollar deal alex and it just felt like he's already made that money up or you know he's already he's already put forth that value uh with the start that he's been on so it's it's definitely an unfortunate news i mean again he could have been a guy that you know i, I again i i, I kind of pivot towards the whole you know could he be kind of a small trade piece almost like a sole layer of 2021 where a team could really just use a nice power hitting outfield bats um but it is disappointing that he will now be on the il alex a broken wrist i mean i i think they had him on like the il 10 but I, you know he's going to be out for a month and a half two months or so so i mean we won't we won't see him back in uh the red sox uniform probably until I mean, I would even say at, at best, like late May, early June, I feel like. But uh, it's definitely unfortunate. But going back to everything you were talking about, they they have been on a roll. They have been winning games in in huge fashion. Um, and of course, like you said, you know, when you're looking at nine to ten games, uh, if you can win, you know, a lot of these games in huge fashion, then you you are showing us that you you are beating the crap out of some of these teams that's you're in your competition so uh you do deserve to be in, in a top 10 kind of a power ranking side of things but um any other teams that we touch on i, I guess i'll touch lastly on just the guardians alex yeah. um they uh let's see they started the year you know it's funny they've already played the mariners for the 2023 season so they they're done with Seattle, which again, I, I don't know who made that schedule up. I don't know who said we're just going to get rid of the Mariners from the first uh, the first week and a half or so. But uh, they've played very, very well. They have uh, they, they again, they, they took it to the Mariners in the opening series. Uh, then, of course, they played the A's in Oakland. They won that series. And then um, they, of course, they played the Mariners again uh in the second series at home they did lose that series but they did just win tonight against the yankees at cleveland so uh again i, I feel like they're gonna be the team that just kind of will always either you know win a series lose a series i feel like they're they're a team that's not really built to like sweep a team or get swept so i guess that's kind of a good thing so i, I again i think they're just going to be such a uh they're going to be such a team that's just just hovering or playing 500 baseball the whole season. That's kind of how I see them turning out this year. They could be a team that wins, you know, 78, 79 games. They could be a team that wins, you know, 84, 85 games. Something in that realm I could definitely see. I don't know if they're going to do 90 wins again. Um, I don't think they have that much talent. But again, I, I think I just had to include them in my top 10 just because um, they're, they're just always going to sneak around in in terms of, of the record. They're really not going to have these monstrosities where they're going to get swept or they're going to uh win uh three games or four games in a row so they're my number 10 team alex um 
I guess anything else that we um, you I'll ask this: What what's what's I, I know they're a minus four differential. Why not Toronto? Why not them in the uh, in they they've played some really good teams. Yeah, they have. Um, it's it's mostly the differential for me. Um, I think that if your opponents are scoring more runs than you, even if you do have the positive record, um, that's just the way I'm going to lean. Uh, I'm trying to find them here for, so I can pull up the numbers. But I think they might have the Cy Young, uh, AL Cy Young candidate with Gosman right now. They he's been. I mean, he's my guy, Travis. I, I I definitely I definitely picked them going into the season. He's uh it was meant to be. But I I, I think that I don't know that division is going to be really interesting. I, I'm excited to see if the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and the Rays and how they kind of end up. Um, kind of jockeying with each other and who can end up kind of ending up who can end up on top essentially but if, if just looking at their team Travis um, I think it's really talented at the top uh, I think that the position player depth kind of shrinks towards the back end of things I'm a bit lower on Manoa than most but I, I think I, you know they're, they're top four hitters top five if you include Kirk it's a really special group of guys um, Espinal has been a really below average hitter so far Kiermaier has been hot I don't really buy it you know he's a 400 average right now 400 on base I think that's probably going to absolutely crater if I had to pit, if I had to guess you know no, no, no shade to him I just think that you know he his best offensive years are probably behind him and he, uh, you know, in eight games is, is hitting like Ted Williams. I don't think it's going to continue. <laughs> yep. um, but yeah, I think Varsho is a good add, but um, he's they've been using him in more of a platoon role. Um, Espinal, like I said, not been that great. Belt, not that great so far. Merrifield, I've always been kind of low on, just does not have the power or really the, the, the discipline. So um, yeah, I'm just not super high on their depth, I feel like. And the pitching, I love Gosman, but Barrios had a real stinker against the Angels. He's got an 11 ERA on the season. Manoa, I'm a bit lower on than most. Bassett had not a great game against the Angels as well. Um, not a terrible one because he didn't allow that many hits, but he allowed runs. Um, he allowed an absolute monster shot by Mike Trout. Um, yeah, and Kikuchi is inconsistent. So, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I don't know. I'm also low on Romano. So I just have a lot of guys on the Jays who, even though I picked them, to have, I think the best. Yeah. I, I think a bet I liked was them to have the best record in the American League, which I still could see happening. Um, I think they need a really great season from Vladdy, Chapman, Springer, Bichette, which they're getting so far. So yeah. if that continues, then they'll be in this hunt for sure. And Gosman could be a Cy Young winner. But um, just based on what they've done so far, I think it's a really top-heavy team so far. So um, I think that I'll need to see more from Espinal. I'll need to see Espinal and Belt and and some of these other guys uh, be at least average uh, players in order for me to think that they're going to go on a, on a deep run here. But but yeah, I, Travis, I mean, a week from now, two weeks from now, this could be totally different. Maybe I'm just have them as number one. Who knows? So um, that's all I got to say on that, Travis. Um, another storyline that I just noticed, I did. It happened the day I was not aware of it. I guess the Phillies beat them, beat Miami Marlins fifteen to three. They put up nine runs. Nine earned runs on Sandy in four innings, which I is all Sandy got, which torn is up. which is pretty crazy. Um, and then other in other news, um, where was it? Oh, Houston finally is winning. Houston, Travis, notably not on our list either of us because they have yep. not played great baseball, and I think they were probably everyone's. I think probably almost everyone would say, who's your preseason number one team? Would probably be Houston, right? I think just yep. based on not only the fact that they won their World Series, 
but just a really consistent team year in and year out. And they made some additions, right? It's not like, you know, the Dodgers are really good every year, but they kind of famously didn't do that much. At least at least Houston added Abreu. Um, of course, they lost Altuve to an injury, which is unfortunate, but like they have some rookie buzz for Hunter Brown. Um, I'm excited for the rookie buzz, Travis. I think it's going to be really fun tracking the rookies this year. I mentioned Hunter Brown for the Astros as a pitcher is going to be really fun. The Dodgers have like two three guys who I think could all be uh, make do. a fun case. I'm actually really big on uh, Vargas's discipline so far. Outman has shown massive power so far. I mentioned both those guys as good bets for the rookie of the year, even though Corbin Carroll and Jordan Walker will f- uh, for sure be uh, more heavily favored for good reason. They're, they're both playing great too. So, uh, so much young talent in the game right now, Travis, but anything else before we wrap things up here? Nothing else. Uh, it's again, it, we're, I think we always look at some of these week one projections or week one results, and sometimes we might get a little too ahead of ourselves, but uh, I, I will say change is going to happen. Uh, we're going to see teams rise. We're going to see teams fall. So uh, if your team's not up there right now, uh, wink, wink, St. Louis, I, I think I, I think you can make a climb. So uh, it, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, a lot, a lot of fun stuff to track in the coming weeks, Travis. But um, that will do it for us this week. If you made it this far, of course, you know, we appreciate you so much. And Travis, quick update to the listeners. Uh, we know how to make Instagram reels now. <laughs> so you guys better be on the lookout. Um, we're going to be blasting more content out there, um, reacting to different things. Um, and we're excited for it. So um, we'll talk to you guys next week. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>